Last week, a report into the response to the flood crisis of northern New South Wales was released. The report, co-authored by former Police Commissioner Mick Fuller, was critical of a number of agencies that fall under the PSA's representation. So in response, General Secretary Stuart Little gives insight into why some of the PSA's submissions were not adhered to and some practical measures that could have been implemented that stand in contrast to some of the report's recommendations. Stuart Little, General Secretary of the PSA, joins us on the podcast today. Thank you for your time, Stuart. Yes, no problem at all, Jim. Good to be here. So wanted to bring your attention to the fuller report into the flood crisis that hit northern New South Wales uh, over the course of this year. Uh, it goes into a lot of detail. It particularly praises volunteers, but it is a little bit critical of the bureaucracies. And I say a little bit. It is critical of the bureaucracies, uh, especially around the SES the, res- the report specifically says that the SES failed to use its resources available to it and that the SES failed to adhere to existing emergency arrangements. What's the PSA's response to this? Well, the PSA's response is based upon the submission that we made to, to Mr Fuller's inquiry and not totally dissimilar to the submission we also made to the Upper House inquiry and that is that um, uh, the SES had been subjected, subjected to over a decade of budget instability and in fact we would argue severe budget cuts which obviously means staff cuts if you look at a history the history of the SES they've gone from an agency with around 400 equivalent full-time staff indeed up to 450 um, full-time staff they then uh, back in around 2017-18 they really hit their low point where they were slashed down to a bit over 300 staff now you know, anyone that works in the public sector would know that the effect of cuts like that is just absolutely, um, you know, it's just debilitating to those organisations. It, it really puts them into a stasis. And, you know, you have to say that in the last year or so, um, we've been quite happy um, in the way things have sort of changed um, with the SES in terms of the culture and the vibrancy um, you've seen a major shift in there. And, you know, again, I have to say, I'd put a lot of that down to the new leadership within that agency. Um, once Commissioner York came in, we saw some changes. Obviously, there were people that acted in it previously. Um, you know, when Kyle Stewart acted in it, we thought he did very well as well. But, uh, you know, there's no doubt that that's an agency that has been subjected to massive cuts. And when you are required to respond to an emergency like any of the combat agencies, whether it's to wildfires, whether it's to, you know, floods. Um, indeed, you know, our members uh, often get deployed to do cetacean rescues and, and things like that, and search and rescue missions for people that go missing. You, you've got to have boots on the ground. And, and the SES had, had zones larger than many, most European countries. I mean, you know, the northern zone, which is obviously where you know, the first responders for Lismore were based, that was a, a, a region that went from Gosford to the border, to the Queensland border. Um, again, because of cuts, they had to make these zones and regions so vast that it made it virtually impossible to have you know, a proper critical mass in, in areas like Lismore, um, even like Newcastle, which is also known to flood. Um, Maitland floods. I mean, you've got various regions that flood and have a history of flooding, but due to cuts, um, the boots were taken off the ground. If you look in the Western Division, which is an area that's always concerned us, it goes burst basically from the outskirts of Sydney up to Maitland and goes to Broken Hill. You know, it's one of the, mo- the biggest... I mean, even 
you know, none of the other combat agencies have such ridiculous zones or areas. It's obvious it, it, it never had, uh, was given budget um, allocation uh, that would enable it to respond until after the flood. What we saw in the budget post-flood was this massive injection of $132 million. And that's great. We, we applaud that. We welcome that. But why did we not have that before the flood? And I'll say, and I'll draw the same parallel to what happened um, during the, the Black Summer fires of um, 2019-20. The firefighting capacity for you know, a frontline combat agency like National Parks had gone dropped from over 1,300 first response firefighters down to 800 because this government cut jobs. Now, you know, if you cut jobs, you cut the ability to respond. Now, one of the major recommendations is the merger of a lot of the backhouse operations uh, between the SES and the RFS. Uh, in, a, in an interview with The Current Affair, Mick Fuller was questioned about this and said that it's a good opportunity for Commissioner Carleen York to look at the full-time component of the SES now that a lot of the sort of back end's taken care of. What do you think he means by that? We have no idea. We have absolutely no idea, and it's not spelt out anywhere in the report as to specifically what those jobs are. And it's a, it's a term that that's annoys us so much because we have seen um, so much um, so much chopping and changing in terms of corporate services across the public sector, where obviously you've got these massive cluster arrangements and secretaries. That's not the case with these agencies. They don't have backroom jobs. As I said, the SES was down to a bit over 300 um, full-time staff. Mm. Um, now, if you look at their head operation down in Wollongong, I think that employs the vast bulk of those people, around 200. Um, and, you know, it would concern us greatly if they're talking about closing their operations centre in Wollongong and moving it to Homebush. Because, obviously, I would have thought that if you end up in a situation where you have a flood in one part of the state, which could happen easily again. They're predicting another weather pattern um, as we speak. And you have fires up in the uh, in the western or southwestern part of the state. Um, that means you're going to require two different operational centres. And at the moment, you can do that. And, and again, you know, I'll come back to it. Um, you know, when, when that flood hit, it wasn't just the SES and and the RFS, if you like, that were overwhelmed. And obviously the SES was a smaller agency of the two. You know, the um, RFS obviously has a much, much bigger um, volunteer base and even a bigger full-time workforce. Police um, radio was overwhelmed. Police assistance line was overwhelmed. It formed a central part of our submission to the Fuller Inquiry, and yet there is not one mention of it. You know, we have officers... Um, that worked in VKG or police radio up in Newcastle who will never work again mm. as a result of the mental injury they suffered during the flood, right? Yeah. And I, I think it, it's um, it's really um, poor that, that that was never looked at in any detail. And again, it's why it's so important that if we move forward to restructure or do anything like that across those agencies that we really look at across the whole of government response to these situations. Just lastly, 
the major recommendation once more, the merger. I mean, we're looking at a time and place, and there's no question that a, a, an analysis of, of the fl- flood response needed to take place. But is the amalgamation of two major uh, government inst- organisations at a time when we're facing a cr- an imminent crisis coming up with, with more weather patterns, is it really the right time to merge these two and and retrain and get staff into some sort of uniform outfit. Shouldn't we just inject more money into these organisations and get them battle ready as they are? It, I mean, firstly, if they identify efficiencies, show us what they are in in in, in operational terms, because we don't know where these back rooms are. Uh, we don't know. So show us what the operational efficiency would be that would allow you to respond better to a situation like we saw in Lismore. Give us a practical example of how that would manifest itself. Uh, that is not spelled out in the report. And, you know, having spoken to our members in both agencies, they are scratching their head. If you speak to some of the volunteer associations, I think there's a view that, um, you know, some of the volunteers in the RFS believe that obviously their, their CAD-CAM um, communication system that they have at Hainbush would be great um, for, for, for floods. But, I mean, again, you're talking about volunteers making what are effectively decisions of um, senior management and government. And, you know, that would be a ridiculous approach. So, look, we need to properly analyse it, have a look at it, make sense of it. And if there's efficiencies, of course, we're going to work um, productively because... They are critical frontline combat agencies. You know, in, indeed, it's the PSA that's always arguing um, in, in, you know, in really with, with knowledge of what can go wrong to when, when these budgets get cut. You know, and, and again, we saw it because we didn't have a flood for, for many, many years. You had a flood at Lismore in 17, which just went through the town for a couple of days, caused a bit of damage, nothing like what we saw. Um, but really, in the life of this government, you didn't have any major, major emergency. And of course, likewise with fires, you know, we spent a decade begging them not to cut jobs, you know, particularly under um, Gabriel Upton's stewardship within the national parks. It, it was a tragedy what unfolded there. Experienced remote area firefighters um, having their jobs cut. Um, and again, you know, it all came home to roost in 2019-20 when that, you know, the worst fires on record hit and you saw what happened as a consequence of that. So if we don't learn from the mistakes we've made, uh, we will be condemned to revisit them in the future. Protect yourself at work. Call the PSA today on 1300 772 679 or head to psa.asn.au.